indeed. Jesus Christ is our living hope. As we continue, go and give God some praise in this place if you don't mind. Go ahead and give him some praise. For truly he is good to us as we come to celebrate him and direct our attention to those words that were spoken from the cross of Calvary. I invite you to turn in your Bible or grab your copy of God's word and meet with me in the 19th chapter of John. 19th chapter of John at that 28th verse is where our message for the morning is coming from. The Gospel of John, the 19th chapter, and the 28th verse. When you've arrived there, you'll see words similar unto these. John writes, After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. Jesus said, I thirst. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, we want to look at this word of agony as we take our way from where we are and go back into antiquity and look upon the cross. You know, as I was preparing for this message, I began to think about the importance of hydration. Um, all of us need to be hydrated. Uh, anybody ever been thirsty before? I'd be careful with that because I know our young people have redefined that, that term. Um, but, but I mean in need of hydration. Have anyone here ever been in need of, of hydration? I remember as I was um, transitioning my grandmother from her home into our care, uh, I remember uh, as we were perusing through some of her articles and possessions to bring them with us, uh, I ran across an article. Felicia, you might remember, you might know this because I ran across this article, and the article indicated, it, it proposed that most of what's wrong in the human body when we're sick or ill has a connection to dehydration. That made sense to me, Fred, because uh, the brain is 75% water. Our blood is 83% water. Our heart, 79% water. Our bones, 22% water. Our muscles, 75% water. Our liver, 85% water. Our kidneys, 83% water. Can I just tell you, we need hydration? In fact, some of you came in here with hydration. I saw you, I saw you, I saw you. That's in a human body. But now consider a body that has been whipped, beaten, scourged, and now sacrificed. I invite you to put on your sandals again and journey with me to the cross. Journey to the cross. That has a familiar ring to it. Journey to the cross. Come on and walk with me as we make our way past the temple gates, as we make our way uh, to the Passover feast, and then we see our Savior. Can you see him there? He's, he's being uh, falsely charged. He's being celebrated, and then he goes from being celebrated to being crucified. He enters into the scene in celebration. But Sister Paulette, something happens between that time of celebration and we see him going from a kangaroo court, from one court to the next, being falsely accused and charged. Shortly after that, he's beaten. He's beaten and scourged. And then we, we see him on the Via Della Rosa making his way to the cross. There, 
He's on the cross. You know, what you see, saw there were sights and scenes from our theatrical production called Journey to the Cross. And it's a great opportunity that we could use to evangelize our neighbors and tell the story of what Jesus has done for each and every one of us. So let me go ahead and put a plug in right quick. If you haven't gotten your tickets, make sure you get your tickets for Journey to the Cross. It's going to be on this Palm Sunday. I want to make sure that you get there because I look forward to seeing you and tickets are going fast. So make sure you get your tickets as together we see what we now study, Christ's journey to the cross. Wileen, are, are we there yet? Can we look up and see the Savior? See a Savior, Liz, who is bloodied and beaten. It's really a grotesque scene from Golgotha. Not only is it a scene, but even the smells and stenches of death are all around. And there our Savior willingly went to the cross out of his love for you and I. And there on the cross... He uttered words. In fact, John writes it this way. In most of your translations, the first two words, he says, after this. I hear you. Some of you ask the question, after what? After the offering of prayer of intercession for those and for us, where he prays, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. After this, after he pardons a guilty sinner, so that he can have, a, he can have a entry into paradise. Where he told him, today you will be with me in paradise. After this. After he has a caring and concerning word for a, and comforting word for a concerning and a caring and comforting mother. And so he tells a woman, behold thy son, son, behold thy mother. After this. Randy, after he shows us the importance of being tethered to the text as those around him hear as he recites Psalm 22, letting them know that he's the Messiah, that the Word of God talked about, that he's the promised one saying, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? After this, Jesus knowing that everything was accomplished, he says, I thirst. Oh, this is, this is somewhat paradoxical, you all. This probably is the most paradoxical statement from, from the cross. For you study the message of Christ, you know then that Jesus came declaring, uh, one, John declares that he is the word made flesh. For in John 1 and 1, it tells us he's God. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Check this out, that before Calvary, before the cross, Jesus created the world. You're not with me just yet, but let me help you understand this thing, that as he created the landscape, as the Son of God participated in creation and the, of the landscape in which we call earth, he also carved out a hill called Calvary. And here the creator now is languishing on a cross at Calvary for you and for me. But this is, this is ironic because here he's God. He's God in flesh and he's on the cross. And you remember his message. What we're seeing here is the living word. The living word who declares 
that he is living water asking for something to drink. Uh, Caleb, it's paradoxical. There on John 4 and 10, Jesus answered to the Samaritan woman. He said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. He goes on later in that uh, same chapter. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Jesus is the living water. He gives living water. For there in the seventh chapter of John, 38 verse, he says, the one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flowing from deep within him. Can you see it yet? The the living water, the son of God, the creator of the world, now is on a cross, and he who gives living water has a thirst. Mm. Greg, I'm just here for, for a short time. Uh, to tell you and to let you know that you can trust God when you thirst. You can trust God even though you thirst. And because every thirst, check this, is not an abandonment by God. Sometimes you can be anointed and still have a need. Uh, I'm trying to get somewhere here. So, so Sometimes you can be called and still feel like you're being crucified. So sometimes it's, it's dark all around you, and it seems as though no one there is for you, and you may wonder, am I in the center of God's will? But sometimes it is God's will for you to go through a season of suffering. I'm in the context, you all, because our context is we have a Savior here who is suffering. He's God. He is sinless. He has no sin, never sinned from birth. So if a sinless God, God in flesh, can have suffering on this earth, what about you and I? But he shows us something there. Because what he demonstrates to us is though you are experiencing a season of suffering, you still can exercise a care for others. Uh, We're in the fifth word. We're in the fifth word. This is unique because uh, for the first time, uh, we see Jesus pointing the attention to himself. Check out it again. Because in the first word, his attention was for all of us. His priority was for all of us. Remember, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then Juan, later on, he focuses attention on a, a guilty prisoner and he tells him, today you'll be with me in paradise. And later on, you see that he focused his attention on his mother and the disciple whom he loved. Everything is said for the benefit of others. And now in this text, Jesus says for himself, I thirst. This this tells me that we can still love and care for others while we're going through our own stuff. Well, it may be dark and it may feel like you're in isolation. God can still use you. Uh, I don't know where you are right now. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you're going through. But I do know that sometimes God will assign you to some difficult assignments. And in that assignment, he wants to declare his glory through you. Though it may hurt, he's the God who will help you get through what you're going through because he never will abandon you. Listen, I really want you to hear me here because the Savior is not abandoned here. And yet he makes the declaration that he has a need. 
Ah, I'm still in text. That was just the I. I being uh, the Logos made sarks, the, the word made flesh here on the cross. And now he says, I, I, I thirst. He has, he has a need. He has a need, and he allows himself to be in a position where the need he has has to be addressed by the help of others. Okay, all right. I'm, uh, uh, Susan, I'm by myself in this. I, I get it. I get it. I'm used to being by myself. You know why I'm used to being by myself? Because when I'm going through struggle and when I'm going through, through challenging times, oftentimes what I try to do is carve out an island for myself. And I try to insulate myself and what I'm going through and not let anybody else in because I don't believe they can help me with what I'm going through. But sometimes God will assign people who you least expect it to be able to minister to you while you're going through. Who am I talking to in here? I'm not the only one that every now and then you go through a season and you're by yourself and God is telling you, no, this is not an opportunity for you to be by yourself. It's an opportunity for you to open up because there are some people that I'll send your way unexpectedly, people that you would never think would be a blessing to you and they will be a blessing. I'm in the text, y'all, because there around the cross are soldiers and and what Christ, the living water, cries out for they have ability to provide. And so they, they give them a sponge of sour, sour vinegar, this, this diluted wine. But don't miss it. The Savior who creates all. The Savior who does all says, I thirst. Scholars have a tendency to debate this text. Uh, I think as scholars, we debate everything. But we have a tendency to debate this text, Lee, because uh, some try to identify, well, what was he thirsty for? And so we, we start to spiritualize it and we say, well, well we know he's, he's thirsty uh, for, for the righteous. We know that because when he was talking to the Samaritan woman in, in John, he declared to her, uh, he took his disciples, look, the harvest is coming and I must do the will of my father, which is to get the harvest in. He said, my food, my drink is to do the will of the father. He is thirsty to do his father's will. And that is true. I'm not here to debate that. That is true, that he had a desire to fulfill his father's will because even when he was 12 years old in the temple, if you remember anything about his, his story in his life, he, when his mother and father, earthly father was looking for him, he told them, did you not know I must be about my... I knew I had some Bible readers in here. Must be about my father's business. And so he's in the business. He's, he has a thirst to do the will of God. Yes, that, that is, that's true. And then there are those who check out the context of the text and realize then that he's in darkness when it should be daytime. And he is then in darkness while it's daytime declaring that he has a thirst. And so from that they extrapolate that, well, he is thirst, he has a thirst for fellowship with his father because sin has a way of interrupting and disrupting the fellowship and he'd never been in a place where his fellowship with his father was was interrupted and here it is now he is suffering and feeling not only physical pain but emotional pain and and spiritual pain as he's there the, the righteous dying for the unrighteous giving his life I'm not here to debate those truths but I do subscribe what may be in parentheses inside your Bibles? Uh, the Bible said um, that, that he was thirsty to fulfill the scriptures. Because what Christ does here, as he demonstrates, he's still tethered to the text. That he is not using his own words, but words of Thomas. In Psalm 61 and 29, he says, They gave me poison for my food. 
And for my thirst, they gave me sour wine to drink. This immediately brings those who are familiar with the word of God to the mindset that this is too is a messianic psalm that Christ is using, but also consider what he's been through. Consider all the bodily fluids that must have, have been drained from him as he, he undergoed and endured beatings. Just to think through. It, it's been many hours now where he's been tried and now he's being crucified. He's, his sweat, his tears, his blood are all being excluded from his body. It makes sense to me that Jesus would, would thirst. Because it also demonstrates to us that our Savior was 100% God and 100% human. I don't know about you, but for me, Greg, that's good news. Because the fact is good news to me is because that means I have a Savior who could sympathize with what I'm going through because he felt pain the way I feel pain. In fact, I've never felt pain the way he felt pain. And I'm, I'm checking out the rest of you. I know you've been through some stuff, but none of us have really been crucified. Come here. I'm just getting you to understand something here. Uh, none of us have been on the cross, but he's on the cross for us. And now you have a Savior who understands you. He understands the pains that we're going through. He's our high priest who's able to sympathize with us in our weakness. Because he is all God. But he's God who became man. In fact, on Wednesday nights, if you came, come with us at our Bible study, you'll, you'll see how we're driving down in John. And you'll, you'll, you'll learn how, how the word was made flesh and he dwelt among us. How God robed himself up in flesh and he tabernacled. He, he dwelt among us so that we might beheld his glory. He's fully God. There's no doubt about that. But look at, look at him now because this is the one saying from the cross well, he's, he not, he's not giving us a heroic statement. He's giving us a human statement. He says, I thirst. Thirst. I want to ask you, I know what Jesus thirsts for. I want to ask you, what, what do you thirst for? Here he is. He is. He's on the cross for, for you and I. He's on the cross for you and I. And he demonstrates to us that we too will have both physical thirst and spiritual thirst. Listen to you. Listen to me. The motivations you have in life and the will of God that's for your life is the very thirst that sometimes you feel in your life. And when you feel that thirst, you can trust God even when you're going through a time of thirst. Ah, let, me, let me see if I can help you here. Because what Christ demonstrates to us is that there are times when our bodies will be weak. There are times when we will struggle to go forward. But when you trust God, when you trust God, he can use you in your season. Okay. Um, okay, okay. Uh, you know, last Sunday, 
last Sunday, Josh, uh, um, Joyce McDonald. Last Sunday, Joyce McDonald was, was standing just right over there. Joyce, she, she grabbed me and she, she said, Pastor, uh, I had to come to worship today. I said, I said, yeah, I'm glad you came. I'm glad you came. She said, I, I, I'm not always feeling well, but I had to come to worship today. I remember it. She says, because God has been too good to me. Check out Sister Joy. She, she grabbed him out of hand. and says, and I want you to meet somebody because I invited my neighbor to come with me. Not knowing that this very week, the one who had a thirst for God, who had a thirst for the things of God, had a thirst to worship God, would be with God. For now, Joyce is around the throne with God because the Bible says absence from the body is to be present with the Lord. I'm just trying to ask you, what are you thirsty for? God's word tells us, as a deer pants for the water, so my soul must thirst for you. How badly do you want to be in God's will? How, how, how motivated are you to, because we don't know when we transition, but I'm just thinking about my, my dear sister here. Uh, I'm sure that when she transitioned to be with God, he said, well done, my good and faithful servant, because you thirst the way I thirst. You thirsted for the things that were important to me. How badly do we thirst? Thirst to see others come to know God. Thirst to see others understand the, the freedom and the joy we have in Christ. How? You heard me ask the question. But now you have to answer it for yourself. Because if what you're thirsting for is not drawing you closer to him, then what you're thirsting for is not from him. But, but when you know him, you have him. The Bible teaches us that everyone who calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. And when you are saved means you have him, which he indwells you. So the spirit of God then becomes uh, the guiding force in your life, and he's within you. And the spirit of God has a desire of God, which means then if you are God's child, you too will have that desire, and you want to see God's will come to pass. Anybody been blessed since you've been here? I want to see, uh, I need to see a show of hands right quick. If, if you've been blessed, but you came into worship, you've been blessed, you, 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 you've come here, gather, beautiful testimony. It's a beautiful testimony. I wish you, you all at home was looking online, you would be in here to see this. Right? We, we've been blessed. God blesses us and meets us here by the Spirit of God each and every Sunday. We see lives being transformed. We're seeing people's hearts being turned to God. We're seeing relationships restored and people falling in love with God again because he loved us enough to thirst for us. He gives us a thirst to do his will. And, and, and I'm asking you to use that thirst that you have for God to seek him more not only to seek him more, to be used by him more. Because there are those outside of the body of Christ, there are those who are outside, they too are thirsty, but they're trying to fill the thirst with everything else except God, and they can't make it, they, they, they can't be satisfied, they, because they don't know. But we know. 
We know that, that when you come to Christ, you're a new creation. Old things are passed away, but all things become new. We, we know. We know that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We, we know. We, we know that all things work together. Can I say all things? All things work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to birth. We know. And God wants us to have such a desire for him to help others know what we know. So here's our opportunity. I asked you last Sunday to be praying for the individuals you will invite uh, for our Easter, our Easter celebration. I asked you to uh, pray and see how the Lord would lead you to help invite others to come. Now I'm asking you to help as we connect with our community, Jersey Village, and let them know that they're welcome to be here as well. I, I, see, I see some of you, you're, you're checking your agenda now. You're like, well, okay, what are you about to ask me? He's about to ask me something. But, he, but here it is. God has strategically placed us in this community. He's placed us here. Where we, we gather from everywhere to gather here as a testimony of his goodness. Now I'm asking you to join me on today at 2 p.m., meet in our chapel, and join me as we take invitations to the Jersey Village community to let them know that they're welcome to come and worship and experience Easter with us this year. That means you got to get your walking shoes. Some of you did that already. Your, your high heels got too tight, and you went ahead and put on, put on your walking shoes. Put a smile on your face. And help me. Help the staff. Help us because we have a concern and a compassion for our neighbors. So let them know. So what we're going to do, we're going to gather here at 2 o'clock. We're going to have door hangers in our hands. And we're going to go into the neighborhood. And we're going to place door hangers on every home that we can. Because we want them to know that they're welcomed in here. To worship God with us. Our Savior on the cross. Suffering allowing yourself to be sacrificed for you and I. Uh, I he said, I thirst. <laughs> he said, I thirst. Get this. But he's supposed to be dying. Mm. In the process of dying, the desire to eat and drink are no more. In the process of dying. But Jesus in the process of dying, pauses the process. <laughs> Y'all not with me here. Uh, to say, I thirst. Uh, I hear him saying, because you don't take my life. I, I lay it down. You, 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 you're not over this. I, I'm the Savior. I'm, I'm God. I, I, I'm giving my life. You can't kill me. I'm purposely laying it down. Because if anyone loves, he lays down his, his life. It also tells me that he's the Lord of life. So if you feel like things aren't going right in your life, you would allow the Lord of life to come into your life. Let him guide you. Let him lead you and transform your life. You see, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Christ said, I came that they might have life having more abundantly. This is what grace offers. 
it offers you the assurance that if you transition like Sister Joyce from this Sunday to glory, you'll know that you have life, Christ, relationship with him because you desired to be in, in fellowship with him. I don't have long, but I ask you to stand all over the building. We're going to gather here back at 2 o'clock to show our love for our community, but right now I ask you to gather around the building. And I have an invitation for you. The invitation that I want to extend to you is that if you don't have that desire within your heart, if you don't have that desire for God and the will of God, but you, you want to, and now the Holy Spirit is prompting your heart that you have to make the decision, that today is your decision day, that you say yes to Christ, that you're going to trust in Christ, that you're going to trust in the God who loved you enough to die for you, that you're going to trust in him today and declare Jesus as your Lord and Savior and be like our four, uh, two couples that were baptized on today and we'll set up your baptism that we can celebrate that God transformed your life too. If that is you, I invite you to come. As our prayer partners come, I invite you to come and say yes to what God is doing in and through your heart right now. God is speaking to somebody right now and so I invite you to come. Whoever you are, you're welcomed here. Wherever you come from, whatever you're dealing with, the Spirit of God can handle it. But you have to trust Him. So bow your heads all over the building. Whoever it is, Holy Spirit, I ask that you move on their hearts. I ask that you you press upon their hearts your love for them, their need for you, and how you want to use them. So it's in the name of Jesus that we bow in your presence. Help us to know the profundity of your love for us. Help us that we might truly be grateful for the gift of grace that you've given us. Help us that we might know you even better. And when we lift up our heads, give us the, give us the courage to be able to come down the aisles and say yes to you, that we're placing our trust in you. Now, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. As you look up, I invite you right now. If you have any prayer requests, that you come down these aisles, if you are in need of a relationship with God, give her, give, her, give her a hand, give her a hand, come on. If you're in need of a relationship with Christ, you know that this Sunday that you, you, you want to be a part of this church family, whoever you are, whatever need you came in with, Christ is the answer to whatever you need. And you won't find any love greater than the love of Jesus Christ. So as we sing, I see you coming, I see you coming, I see you coming. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforce.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus, in person, on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.